But anyway, it's so great to be with you today on our national anniversary. You know how many years the Swiss, uh, Switzerland exists now? It's 730 wow. years. Come on. Amazing. Wow. And I brought you a team. You know, I'm pastor, I'm Joel, I'm pastor of the 20s, which is the Young Adults Ministry here in ICF Zurich. And I brought two amazing guys with me. This is Michael. Hi. <laughs> or as we say in Swiss German, Michi. Grüezi. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Tim. Hi, everyone. Hi. Or as we say in Swiss German, Tim. <laughs> Tim. So we're going to preach today about a very interesting topic. It is that you are called to be a hero. Hmm. Hmm. So guys, please take a seat. I want to I wanna start with this whole topic. You know, when I preach about this, this uh, topic um, in a church, you are called to be a hero. It's kind of a difficult topic. And not only in English, in English theology, can we say that we are called to be heroes? Isn't Jesus the only hero? You know, there is a big tension about this word, and I love it. So we're really going <laughs> to dig uh, really into it and find out. Because you know what is the thing? Every time you watch TV or you go to the movies, what are you seeing there? Heroes. Hero. A lot of heroes, and it does something with our heart. We want to have heroes in our life, and let's be honest, sometimes we want to be heroes ourselves. So we need to have a closer look to the Bible. So please don't, um, so let's, let's find out together about this topic. Are we called to be hero? And if yes, how do we have to interpret this word to be a hero, okay? So please, God, translate all the words and give us what you have to say into our lives, into our hearts. We want to be, we want to follow you, Jesus, and hear the message from you directly. Amen. Amen. You know, when, when, when Switzerland um, was founded, there were three guys from three cantons. You know what the canton is? It's like just one part of Switzerland, and we have 26 of them, and three came together and said, we want to be um, together one nation, and we want to be this Switzerland. So they, they, they founded this whole nation on God himself, and that's maybe why it still exists and why it still flourishes, because it's founded on God. So these were our first national heroes and then you know maybe some other heroes of Switzerland. I want to I wanna talk about this guy called Winkelried. Winkelried, you might have heard about it. Because Switzerland had, had to fight a lot of wars. And I don't know why, maybe God was very gracious. Or no, I know God was very with us often in those wars, so we were not taken over by other countries. So in one war, it was like this. There was this Winkelried guide, and all these uh, this, this enemies were there with their long... Um, swords and he knew we didn't have a chance to break into this whole wall of swords so he went in and took a bunch of swords into himself when as he died all the other swiss soldiers could go after him and they could beat the enemies like this so what a hero wow amazing eh? or i want to tell you another story and this is a story that many swiss people even don't know there was this woman called else spiller uh, Else Züblin Spiller. And this woman lived, and her father died when she was quite young of tuberculosis. And so um, then, then this stepfather came into her life, and he was an alcoholic. 
So there was a lot of troubles in those families, but she didn't give up. And then she found out that she had a talent in writing, so she became a journalist. And she was very good in this, so the newspapers um, sent her all over Europe to uh, write journals for the newspapers. And she even uh, was uh, for the highest Armee, for the Salvation Army. She could work uh, and do the, the media service for them. So she was quite um, a successful woman. But then something happened. The First World War came, and Switzerland was then already neutral. So we were not in the war, but all the young men were taken, uh, they were taken into the armies. So they were there, and something happened. Alcoholism became big in Switzerland, especially in the armies. And she saw this, and she knew about this whole problem. And she saw, and she said, I want to be the answer to this problem. So what she did, she founded like these bars for these soldiers that didn't serve alcohol. So alcohol-free bars she did for all these soldiers. And in the beginning, she had to uh, face a lot of uh, oppression in this whole thing. But she founded over 1,000 bars of those in the First World War. And then in the Second World War, again, 700 more of those bars for the soldiers. And let's just imagine how many young men were saved from alcoholism just by this one lady who just wanted to be a hero for those who were in danger to become alcoholics. Isn't this an amazing story? Yes. A Swiss woman who just stood there. So these stories do something with us. So we want to take a closer look. What are those stories of heroes or epic stories as we see them? What do they contain exactly and what's it all about? So Mickey, explain this to us, please. Let's go. Um, I'm Michael. I'm studying literature and linguistics. I don't know if you like literature. Who likes literature in school? Oh, oh love it, because literature is great. And I want to talk to you um, about a concept which is, which is called the hero's journey. And it explains how a hero becomes a hero. And I will show you five points which are really common, especially in our culture, and who defines what the ideal or a perfect hero is. So, first, a hero stands for a virtue. A virtue is, in general, something good within them. So it can be a sense of justice. It can be a heart for other people, like Else Züblin. Good. Come on. <laughs> um, but, or, for example, we have Wilhelm Tell. Who knows Wilhelm Tell? Oh. Come on, educated people. I love it. So, um, <laughs> Wilhelm Tell is our national hero, and he had a heart for liberty and independency, especially for the Swiss people. And in a second step, it's, it's typical for a hero to enter a conflict. And a conflict, it, conflict is a circumstance which contradicts his being. So if you have Wilhelm Tell, who stands for liberty and independency, you have the Habsburger, other people, who oppressed the Swiss people. So you have this common pattern. You also um, observe them in movies and books. You have a person who stands for liberty and you have the circumstance of oppression. You have, for example, Robin Hood. He has a sense for justice and he encounters a king who is unjust. Thank you. <laughs> cool, yes. 
So then the next step is after the conflict, the hero will overcome the situation or simplified the good wins. The good will overcome the evil. And then, well, um, with Wilhelm Tell, it's like that, that Wilhelm Tell will meet this guy um, who's named Gessler, and he is the leader of the Habsburger, and he will kill Gessler to free the Swiss people. Then, in the next step, we have um, something we call liberation. Every true hero leads into freedom, and freedom can be a lot of things. Um, in the story of Wilhelm Tell, it's, for example, um, freedom in a political way. Um, he redeemed the Swiss people from the Habsburger. But freedom can be also something psychological. If a hero, for example, in a movie, can let go of his traumatic past or something like that, this is also a hero's journey. Then the last step is something we call recognition. And recognition is a state where the hero outgrows himself. He isn't, he doesn't stand anymore only for himself, but he stands for a group. He becomes an inspiration to others. He becomes a role model, model or even a symbol for something. Like um, Wilhelm Tell, he is engraved in our coin. And he became a symbol for the Swiss people who should always fight for the good, who should always fight for freedom and independence like he did. So why are we talking about this um, theory? It's because we can read the Bible in a, in a, in a similar way, because the Bible is really epic. I don't know if you read the Bible, but there are stories like David, um, Noah, um, Jonah, all these guys, such inspirational heroes. And I want to talk to you about um, Hebrews 12, where the author talks also about heroes. In Hebrews 12, we read, there were, uh, <laughs> Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and he means the biblical heroes um, from the Old Testament, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So he talks about the conflict of you and me. Mm. We are called to overcome, like the heroes, sin and everything which wants to hinder us to follow Christ. Mm. Then, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. I said that the Bible is in a lot of way epic literature. Mm -hmm. And the Bible itself, the Old and the New Testament, and we have to understand that, is a hero's journey. Mm. And who is the ultimate inspirational hero of the Bible? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And he inspires us to be like him to overcome the struggle, to overcome conflicts. We are called to be like him. And that's why, he, why we need heroes, because they inspire us to, to, to believe in the good and to fight for the good. So, of course, you 
probably won't slay a giant like David did. Mm. But every one of us got giants in their lives in a yep. symbolic way. And the same thing with Jesus. Jesus showed us what it means to be a true hero. Amen. Come on. Come on. When the prophet Yesaya talks about the Messiah that will come, Jesus, he's using the word gibor. And this word, in some translation, it's translated just as the mighty God. But this word gibor can also mean rich, literally hero. So in the Swiss, uh, sorry, in the German Bible, often it's translated as a hero will come. Jesus will be the ultimate hero. And let's look at it, why Jesus is the hero. Let's take one of the most famous Bible verses. If you know what I mean, John 3.16. You can always remember like this. Good, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So he gave his son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So let's take a closer look to this, why this is epic. So the virtue of Jesus is his love, his unconditional love. The love that, he, that is described here is the word agape. And you might know it is from the Greek. The agape love is unconditional it's uh, the biggest love. It's like 100% hero love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, then the next, what is the conflict that Jesus has? That people or the world will perish because of sin. So because sin is there, there's uh, a division from, uh, between God and the world. So that's a conflict. So what is the solution that Jesus brings in? It is that he himself has to bring in his life and give his life for us. So, and what is the liberation that will come here? It is grace. And grace does mean now, grace means everybody who believes has eternal life. Now, that's a whole new concept. That's grace. So, it's a gift you only have to believe. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will get eternal life. How amazing is that? What a liberation story of our Jesus Christ. He is a true hero. And because he is a true hero, he gets the biggest recognition that you can ever get. We read that, she, uh, that God gave him the name that is above all other names. Mm -hmm. And every knee will bow before Jesus Christ. So that's the elevation that Jesus gets. You see how strong this Jesus is? He is our really one and only hero. But only, not only that, he, the Bible also said that we should take Jesus as an example. So I try to do that. If Jesus is the big hero, I want to be a hero like him, I thought. So I, tried to, uh, I started to follow Jesus and I really love Jesus. I came to Christ at the age of four. I gave my life to Jesus, and since then, I was always, uh, yeah, with Jesus on my way. It's amazing that a four-year-old boy makes his biggest decision in his whole life. That's amazing, but it, it was a very true decision. So, since then, I'm following Jesus, and I came to ICF, and some of you 
who were here already some years ago, I was a worship leader. I was a singer here in ICF. I brought you some pictures of me. But then 2012, I became a pastor. And I became pastor of the young adults uh, here in ICF Zurich. And then something happened when, when I found out that uh, many, friends of my, uh, many, many friends I had didn't want to move here into this big hall. It was too big. So we were talking about why don't we start as we move from the downtown Zurich here into this new building, Samsung Hall, why don't we start a smaller location downtown in the city of Zurich? And I thought, this is such a big need for my friends and I want to do it for them. I want to help them and I want to save them. I want to be a hero for them and help them so they can have a smaller church downtown. So I founded this church. I was pastor already from the young adults, but aside, I was pastor there from ISAF Zurich City location. And we did that, but only a few months after we started, we, uh, we were uh, kicked out of our location because we were a church and they didn't want to have a church anymore. So we had to uh, find a new location. We had to move from Sunday night to Sunday morning, and we had to re restart the whole concept, and it took so much energy, and I became very, very tired until I was at a point where I've seen, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, I have to quit this project because I don't have the energy to be pastor in 20s and in ICF Zurich City. And I, uh, what started as a heroic story of my life became a disaster. And I was disappointing a lot of people. They were disappointed of me. And in those moments, you don't feel like a big hero. And in those moments, I just wanted to quit all heroic stories and just do my thing and never be a hero again. You know what I mean? Never be, do big things for God again. It's too big. I'm not the right person for that. I've failed too much. So we need a, we have a dilemma. If we want to be epic heroes, we will fail. If we want to be heroes like Jesus was a hero, we will fail big time because we are not Jesus. So we need a new story, new epic story, new heroic story that we can relate to. Please, Tim, give us this story. Yes, I want to dive into the story of Peter with you in the next few minutes. And um, Peter, Peter, he was a simple man. He uh, was a fisherman that was called by Jesus to follow him. And uh, uh, do you know, like, every one of us has this friend, like, that always gets you into trouble because he can't shut his mouth. Yeah? You know what I'm talking about? That's Peter. And uh, he's loud. He's always at front. He, he speaks before he thinks. And, uh, and, and you can feel his, uh, his, his, his crazy craving for recognition. Jesus, do you hear me? Do you see me? Um, do you notice me? And, and we sense as well in his life, when you read this story, that he has a specific, he wants to be a hero. And he has a spe specific, um, in his imagination, a picture how this hero should look like. Where do we see that? Um, we dive into the Bible and there's a story where Jesus is talking a few hours before he gets arrested with his disciples. He sits them down and he tells them, hey, I'm gonna die and you're gonna all leave me. And we read the, in Matthew 26, 
um, Matthew 26, we read how Peter replies. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night, before the rooster crowds, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will not disown you. So in other words, Jesus, I'm going to die with you. Do you see here the hero, the motive of a hero? And, and, and it's interesting because like a few hours later, Jesus gets arrested and Peter just books it. And he sits in a distance and he, he observes how Jesus is getting beaten, how he's getting uh, mocked. And he, he sits at a fire and three times people come to him and are like, hey, are you not this one disciple um, that was following around Jesus for the last three years? And three times Peter is like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not that one. You must mistake me for someone else. And then the rooster crowds. And we read in Matthew 26, um, here Peter, he, he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowd. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crowds, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. This is the moment where Peter realizes I can't be the hero I always wanted to be. Mm. He realizes I, I'm not the savior I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And where Wilhelm Tell and Jesus were able to overcome a conflict, is Peter confronted with his own inadequacy. And we all know that because we all have this ideal we, we want to be this hero ideal. And when we don't reach it, there are feelings that come into our lives like shame and low self-esteem because we realize we're not good enough. We're not good enough. And we get to the end of ourselves like Peter in the story. But let me tell you today, the end of your strength is the best place you can be. Because when you come to the end of your strength, the strength of the gospel is at its fullest. Why? Because this is the moment where Peter and where we realize, you know what? I can't be the hero I want to be. I need a hero. I can't be the savior I always wanted to be. I need to be rescued. And it's, it's, it's funny because every one of us wants to be the lifeguard that sees out in the ocean the, the, the drowning man. He jumps into the water, swims out there, and he, he, he grabs the guy, and he swims back and fights with the other army, 10 sharks, and, and he, he drags him on the beach, and everyone is cheering for him and clapping for him. And, and, and there's, a, there's a high five here and a compliment there. And, and, and no one wants to be the drowning man. Everyone wants to be the good shepherd that looks out for the lost sheep for days. And when he finds it, he puts, him on, he puts the sheep on his shoulder and carries it all the way home. And there's a party because he's such a hero. But no one wants to be the lost sheep. Which is understandable because have you ever seen a sheep? <laughs> hmm. Looks so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've seen the story of Peter that pride and low self-esteem rule his life. Mm. Pride because he, he tries to be someone he, he never was meant to be. And low self-esteem when he disowned Jesus three times and he thinks he's not good enough. 
And let me tell you today, pride and low self-esteem will always keep you for the rest of your life from an intimate relationship with Jesus. Why? Because pride tells you, I don't need a savior. I can do it on my own. I don't need anyone to save me. I'm good enough. And on the other side, the low self-esteem, it, it, it says something like, you know what, I don't think I'm, I'm worthy to be saved. And maybe you're sitting here right now in the hall or at home and you think, Tim, okay, how, how, I don't want to be prideful anymore. I don't want to live in low self-esteem anymore. How do I do that? And I tell you, hey, look to Jesus. Because mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was hanging on that cross, he confronted both pride and low self-esteem. Pride because, you know, next time when you think you're better than someone else, remind yourself that, no, 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 you know what? 2,000 years ago, Jesus had to die on that cross for you, mm. for your own inadequacy. Mm. But then, don't, don't, don't flee into a hole of low self-esteem and you're like, oh no, I don't, I don't think I'm good enough, I'm not worthy, because no, no, no. The cross is at the same time the revelation of your value, because it says that Jesus hang on, hangs on that cross because he wanted to die for you. That's your value. And it seems to me that if, as if Jesus is hanging on that cross and he's shouting down, you know what, daughter, I take your place. Son, I pay your price. Go and be free. And now we're standing there in this empty space of forgiveness. And slowly we can open our hands, fixing our eyes on Jesus. We're opening our hands and we let go of pride. We let go of low self-esteem. And finally, we're in the place and posture that Jesus always wants us to be, just receiving mm. his grace, his mercy, and his love mm. of a heavenly father. And it's as well the place where God finally can call you. Because we read in, 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 at the end of, of, of the gospel of, written by John that the resurrected Jesus and Peter meet again. And, and Jesus tells Peter, feed my sheep. But Peter had to learn first to be a sheep before he was able to feed sheep. Mm. And you know what, today we're not telling you don't be a hero. We're like, hey, we, we wanna encourage you, be a hero, do mm. big things for God. But be aware of this new biblical definition of what it means to be a hero. Mm. Because the biblical definition of hero it's not that you have a lot of people who are cheering for you and applauding you and, 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 and giving you honor and bowing their knees to you. No, the biblical definition of hero means that you know first who you are bowing to. Mm. Amen, come on. So let's sum it all up and take it into our lives. I got good news for you guys. In October, I'm gonna be a dad for the first time. And it might not surprise you, I don't wanna be a mediocre dad. Just one who I hope my child will not die before 18 and the rest is okay. <laughs> I wanna be a hero, a hero dad, a heroic dad. I want to be the best dad that I can be. But, you know, when, when we look at this whole thing, 
I cannot write an epic dad story. I know this already. And I can also not be the savior dad of my child. My child will need Jesus as well. And it's good that way. But I can be a broken hero that receives all his power through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's a story that I really want to write. I don't want to say, okay, I failed before, so I'm not going to be a hero anymore. I want to go for that. I want to be heroic dad. Although I know I'm sometimes craving for recognition. I chose it already now that I'm talking about I want to be a hero dad. You know, the most time of the dad is not about being a hero. It's about this child that has his needs and is crying and I don't know what to do. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I will not always look very heroic, I think. And I'm going to fail. I can tell you already, I'm going to fail big times. And I might often disappoint my child. So I need to be saved by God's grace over and over and over again. I need him to be my foundation as a dad. But in the end, that's the way how I be, uh, will come into my calling as a godly father, as the father that God wants me to be. To be humble, but to leave also low self-esteem behind and to step into this role that I want to be a heroic, godly dad. And that also, that's the same with you, to be a heroic spouse, a heroic husband, to be a heroic friend, to be a heroic employee, to be a heroic teacher, to be a heroic boss, to be a heroic whatever you are, To be heroic in that, to walk in the deeds that God prepared for you. Let's look at Ephesians um, 2, verse 10. There it says, For we are God's handiwork, and it's an amazing handiwork that we are, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And when the Bible says good works, it means like really good works, like heroic works. You are called to do that. And not even you are called for that. So which God prepared in advance for you and me to do. So God prepared already our heroic deeds that he wants to call us and bring us into it. So the thing is, are we saying, yes, God, we want to be the heroes that you want us to be? And are we prepared to lay down all our pride even though we will not get the big recognition in the end, we will say, yes, God, we want to be those broken heroes that you want us to be. We would like to pray for you guys, so let's stand up together. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our true hero. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid this whole price for us that we can build our lives on a totally new foundation. And today, God, I pray with everybody who often feels those burdens of all these expectations that we need to be better than we can be, that, you, that we need to be more heroic than we have the strength to be. 
And today, God, we want to lay it all down. We don't want to be too proud to get saved by your grace, God. We need your help, Jesus. And we are ready, God, to be those broken heroes that you can restore and call again. Amen. And I, pray, and I pray for all of those who struggle really with low self-esteem and who define themselves by their failures in the past. And Jesus, I pray that you come tonight and you will give new perspective, new vision, that you show us how you see us. Please remind us of our worth in your eyes and redefine us through your eyes, through your heart. And I pray really for new visions. I pray for callings tonight that people will see that they are made to make a difference where they are through your grace and that you love them. Yeah, I want to pray for you if you're in this hall or at home and watching online and you're at this point in your life where you're like, I, I just realized I need a savior. And this idea of, of a God who loves you is new to you. And I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that wherever you go, you start seeing Jesus' face. At every place you are, that you start hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit talking to you. That you get an overwhelming sense of the love of your Heavenly Father wants nothing more than be close to you. And I pray Psalm 23, 6 over you, where it says, His love and His mercy will follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in His house forever. Mm. Guys, let's go into worship and stand before our hero, Jesus Christ. And I just think that Jesus wants to speak into some lives so the Holy Spirit might talk to you. Um, especially, I, I believe that there are people in here who believe that you are not special enough. Or maybe you were always told that it is better for you to not expect too much or not uh, try to be a hero. And just talk in the next songs that we sing, talk to Jesus about this whole issue. Because it might be very complicated, but God wants to say a word into those situations. And maybe God has a very new calling that he wants to talk into your life. And I ask you to be brave to accept what he says now. And all, all the others, just give our hearts to Jesus now as we worship him. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood 
fruit or in your friendship, the, that podcast could be a very, very cool thing. Just share the link because it's pretty, pretty easy. And I'm looking forward to see you again. Tune in and God bless you and see you soon. Bye-bye.